Dear listener, we hope that you've been enjoying the variety of podcasts that we have on our network. Now is your opportunity to help us by telling us a little more about you. Please visit jcastnetwork.org survey and complete our listener survey so that we can learn more about you and your listening habits. Again, please visit jcastnetwork.org survey. Thanks so much. You are listening to Sermons with Rabbi David Seth Kirchner, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Uh, this Shabbat, I'm going to do something that I don't believe I've ever uh, done before, at least not here. And I'm going to beg your indulgence, and I'm going to read my sermon as opposed to share my thoughts extemporaneously with you. I'm going to read my sermon with you today because the sermon in which I'm sharing with you are exact words of an open letter that I have penned to Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who is about to get on a plane in the next 24 hours to come to the United States and have his first official visit with the new president of the United States, Donald Trump. And my letter is a letter to Benjamin Netanyahu at this moment in time. So I beg of your indulgence as I read parts of my thoughts with you, as opposed to sharing extemporaneously. Dear Honorable Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, I pen this letter to you during an extraordinary juncture in the history of the Jewish people. Sadly, our tribe feels divided by more than an ocean. Jewish people of all stripes are going to great lengths to establish their bona fides. However, the criteria for said credentials is where our divide throbs. For one group of people, unconditional love for Israel is the litmus test for who is a good Jew. For another group, Demonstrating shared Jewish values and repairing the world are the strands of DNA that link our people together. There is a, th a thinning third group of Jewish people stuck somewhere in the middle. This group expresses its love of Israel as naturally as using its right hand, and it exhibits its Jewish values as innately as using its left hand. The growing challenge, however, is being ambidextrous in the current political climate. For too many, it feels like fighting with one arm tied behind our back. On February 15th, you are scheduled to meet with President Donald Trump at the White House. I am sure there are many pressing items on your agenda. Iran's undeterred pursuit of nuclear weaponry, Hezbollah amassing stockpiles of rockets on Israel's northern border, and seeking a sincere, and a lasting peace with Israel's Palestinian neighbors. Those things should fill the bulk of your schedule. But Mr. Prime Minister, I contend that this meeting represents more than discussions about the existential threats Israel faces daily. It is a unique opportunity to solidify your place as a leading spokesperson and shape maker of the Jewish people. It is a rare moment, Mr. Prime Minister, to bridge the widening divide between these two camps in the Jewish world. 
during your visit to the Oval Office, I beseech you, Mr. Prime Minister, to also share with the President of the United States, alongside his advisors and his policymakers, Israel's conscious decision to absorb Syrian refugee children. Please talk in great detail, Mr. Prime Minister, about the moral imperative that drove our Jewish state, our homeland, to set up a field hospital on the border of Syria to treat the wounded from its civil war, despite the fact, ironically, that these same wounded have sworn themselves to Israel's destruction. Please share, Mr. Prime Minister, the courage Israel took before the turn of the millennium to send in planes in the middle of the night to land on strips of sand inside of Ethiopia on multiple occasions to gather thousands of people, mainly Jewish and all of them black, to come to Israel and enjoy a better future. It was the first time in history, Mr. Prime Minister, that black people were taken out of Africa to a place that would offer them freedom instead of slavery. Mr. Prime Minister, please talk about the investment Israel has made to resettle over one million Jewish people from the former Soviet Republic. Share with President Trump that Israel's culture, Israel's color, Israel's strength has all been enhanced by these citizens and the expressions of these values. That everywhere, from the art salons to the museums to the symphony and orchestra have been galvanized by this contribution to society. Mr. Netanyahu, please use your time when you're in Washington, D.C. to explain to President Trump the extensive budget and the unimaginable energies that are exerted to be the very first responders to every natural disaster around the globe. When aftershocks were still shaking Haiti, when Japan was dealing with nuclear fallout after a crippling earthquake, when tsunamis hit the Philippines and the Congo, Israel was the very first country on the ground and the very last to leave these suffering nations. Please try as hard as you can, Mr. Prime Minister, to convey the ethic that drives Israel's instinctive response in the aftermath of tragedy. Explain when you can, Mr. Prime Minister, that Israel was one of the first armies in the world to welcome LGBT soldiers. This is not only because of the laws of conscription, but because the laws of conscription do not limit people based on race, gender, age, or background, and definitely not on sexual orientation. In that same Israeli army, Jewish men fight with Jewish women. Some are religious and some are secular. Some are black, some are Russian, some are from America and they stand shoulder to shoulder and soldier to soldier. Share with pride, Mr. Prime Minister, how the Israeli Supreme Court, the final rule on law, is comprised of three judges. Those three judges include today an Israeli man, an Israeli woman, and a Palestinian man. Explain that Israel is a democracy that follows a rigid and balanced judicial system that's represented by its diversity. Sadly, Israel is the only such system in the entire Middle East. Don't leave out, Mr. Prime Minister, the valuable conversations about the need for continued funding 
for the Iron Dome system, for David's sling, and for Arrow. These are three-layered missile defense systems that are joint operations in design and in implementation between the United States and Israeli companies. It has created jobs for both of our countries, and most importantly, it has saved incredible amounts of lives. Explain that these weapons not only save Israeli lives, but they save Arab lives too. Because each time that an onslaught of crude missiles come over the border into Israel, an Iron Dome can intercept them in a way that doesn't cause the loss of life. It saves a stronger and harsher retaliation into Gaza or the West Bank. Explain, Mr. Prime Minister, that Israel should never ever seek permission from any person nor any country to defend itself and its citizens. That Israel will continue to ensure that its children can frolic on playgrounds and its citizens can stroll inside malls and shops and coffee centers without fear of terror. Explain, Mr. Prime Minister, that Israel is a place where and is celebrated and or is shunned. When you meet with President Trump, Mr. Prime Minister, what I hope you will understand is that you are also meeting de facto with the divided Jewish community. Mr. Prime Minister, please share with President Trump that for the Jewish people to be a light unto the nations of which Isaiah implores us to be, we must seek out Israel's safety and security, and we must behave in a way that is consonant with our values. If you elucidate that we are driven forward by our security, while the coordinates of our destination are calibrated by a shared morality, you will represent what Israel stands for. These were the values that were embedded since Abraham, and then on our exodus from Egypt, and these same values continue to shape us today. These values include securing Israeli soldiers and its citizens, while also embracing the absorption of the refugee and those seeking a better future. They feature rushing to the aid of the afflicted and caring for the other in our midst. Being Jewish inherently requires us to use both of our hands to shape our world for a better tomorrow. In our history, division has sometimes led to a greater destiny. Today in the parashah, Mr. Prime Minister, we read of the division of the Sea of Reeds, and we've learned in the past about the division of lands between warring factions. But it's an important reminder to us, Mr. Prime Minister, that in all of those cases, it is a place that is divided, not a people. When people are divided, we lose our collective powers. We lose our strength and we lose our resolve. We stand again before a sea, Mr. Prime Minister. Help us in your meeting on the 15th of February to traverse these waters again. Be our modern day Nachshon and go up to your neck in the uncertainty for the sake of the Israeli nation, for the sake of the Israeli people, and for the sake of Jews worldwide. Do it also for the American nation, its people, and its values. 
realize that you are shaping our world with both hands when you do so. February 15th will be much more than a diplomatic meeting between two heads of state. And it's going to be a lot more than a required handshake before the cameras to speak of our unbreakable bond between our two nations. February 15th will be a rare moment for you, Mr. Netanyahu, to extend both of your hands to help bridge the divide between these divergent camps of Jews that exist today. Mr. Prime Minister, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for maximizing this moment in time. I am hopeful on behalf of our community, our congregation, and for Jews, that it will prove to be one of the most pivotal meetings for shaping the future of all of the Jewish people around the globe. May you travel safely. May your meetings be fruitful. And may you always seek peace. May this be your will. And may this conversation happen. <laughs>